And welcome, welcome to episode 392 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, and I'm choosing not to retake that intro. And I am joined once again by my uh, my co-host. No adjective today, but just my co-host. Peter I like it. I'm with it. I'm about it. And we're simply. coming at you. <laughs> coming at you simply, straightforwardly, live with the Outdoor Porta Potty edition of the cast. Is it an icebox The Outdoor house? Or is in Porta ice house box. I don't know, the, but I've had to freeze my turds off in there. I'm going to do it all winter. The outdoor porta potty on unstable ground. Mm. Yes. Edition. On, Two of the four porta johns yes. are fucking not fit to stand in. Also, Peter, do not take number twos in the porta johns. Go go to the other building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have do you have porta johns at at your work right now? They're renovating yep. the front of the building. Oh no! And it's the, scheduled and the, to take three months, but we all know how on time construction projects are. If they got rid of my toilet at work, and when I say my toilet, I mean I poop in the same toilet every day at work, and I make sure I, <laughs> I would well, be. You got, you got, I would be. You gotta have your home if you weren't. Well, there's like multiple stalls and multiple. I was gonna be like, are you on a rotation? <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's taken yeah. and I really got to go. Otherwise, I'll wait. I'll come back. I'll lurk outside the stall for that guy Jake's to come out. And then I'll sit on his warm seat. Does that ever freak you guys out? You ever yes. go into a previously used stall, sit on a seat, and it's like real warm? You think yes. it'd be you think it'd be like comfortable, but it's unnerving. Well, see, the the thing with me is that like it feels comfortable. But like the back of your mind is like, I should not find this pleasant. Touching somebody's ass. This is this is because someone else's ass was here <laughs> moments before mine. It's the it's the ass relay. It's you don't know what they off. got on their ass. You don't know how clean that ass you don't is. Know. How can you know? It could yeah. be they could have ass gonorrhea, scabies, or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. They could have Lyme disease. They could have left a tick for you. You don't know. What's worse? What's worse is sitting down, but they did like there are some stealth droplets that you didn't catch before you sat down, and you're like, "Oh, it's wet now." Wow. But much worse is walking into your porta potty and just seeing someone else's shit just chilling Peaked there, like a fucking sandcastle, <laughs> iceberg and above the blue sea. Does it? It was at that point where I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to the other building." If you do, does it make it like more or less appropriate to like take a picture of it and like send it to somebody? Be like, "Look, look what I found." I Somebody's left that behind in my college I, years. They ate I, corn. I feel like I feel like there was no corn in most instances. That's that's something you wish you would unsee. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, that's thankfully not where we're recording. We're from not this coming week. at you from a porta potty, but we are not not from the poop filled porta potty on unstable ground. Definitely we're not. We're coming at you from Kevin Feige's living room. We are set up on his couch. He's got a good comfy couch. He's a rich man. Big big couch. Big we're doing room. the Marvel's watch party. Well, it 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 looks nice, but it's terribly uncomfortable. Yeah. We're waiting for him to come home. Uh, we assume he is stuck at the office. 
putting out fires, literal fires that we may have set. We may have, we may not have set it, but we may have set it. We don't know. There's nothing concrete tying us You'll to these never fires. Get us, Detective Carlson. You'll never be able to point that finger at us. I don't care what deal you made with the devil to become the best detective in the L.A. department office. I feel like I'm losing the plot. Here. You'll never catch us. And yes, I don't know what, what star you wished on to get a ghost dog as a partner. Been watching, I wish I could have one of those. But We've been watching you, know. you detective. I'm just coming up with my own narrative here. Sp- spooky dude's going to sleuth out the arson case. I've, I mean, I was with you for, for a second I've there, but then the you kind of got off. I've lost the plot. Well, we're waiting here for Kevin to come home. We're going to yell at him. We're just going to bark at him because why not? Um, you know, he they did a bad thing. He he let people make bad movies, and we should hang him from his fucking toes. You know, little cuts on his neck so he bleeds out. We, we feed him some Does blood he, thinners so do he you doesn't. Think, this is taking some dark do you think turns. He calls here. the things on his hands his feiky fingers. <laughs> he might. We can only hope He put so. himself in a Marvel show, okay? As a robot. We won't forget that, Kevin. We don't forget anything, Kevin. I don't remember that. You didn't watch She-Hulk. Well, <laughs> I, I don't forget anything except half the villains in his movies. Yeah. No, I remember the elf guy. If you Who's name was... a random MCU movie, even if you limit it to the ones that I have seen... Oh, I probably would have a less this than 50% success rate good, at identifying the villain. This is a good game. Okay, um, go for it, Jake. Let's, okay, let's throw okay, a couple okay, out okay, here. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's get a good one because there's a lot. There's a few, there's a few that you know. Um, Justin Hammer. Oh, Iron Man 2. I, that's Iron Man 2. I've I've watched that one recently. Okay. Give us the movie and try and guess the villain. Yeah, I think that's 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 okay. Better, All right, because then I can I can do like process of illumination. Like Thor: the, the Dark World. Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah, I okay, I got it. I got it. I got him now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was looking for. I I didn't recognize his name on this list because I couldn't like put it to it. Um, yeah, Thor: the Dark World. Do you know the name of the villain? Is the elf guy? No, but that is not one that I've seen. Oh, Malekith. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Malekith. Of, of course, Malekith. Um, oh, wait, I got really? one. Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man oh, fuck. And the Wasp. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm cheating. I can, I can kind of describe what their it's deal the, was. It's the Hornet. It's the the. No, I think that was the first yeah, one. Yeah, Yellow Jack. Like, it was. was the first oh, one. Yellow. Okay, it, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was like some ghost girl. I don't. I can't. I cannot for the life of me remember the oh, name. Oh yeah, ghost girl. I kind of remember that they were like trapped in between dimensions or some I, shit, and they were always tweaking out. Her yeah. name is just Ghost. Do we get that on a technicality? It's <laughs> 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 <is> just Ghost. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. 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 Um. Okay. Not the fake name, the real name of Iron Man Three. Oh fuck! Yeah, no um, shot. I don't remember anything about that. Because remember, that was the whole one where it was like, "Oh, it's the Mandarin," and then they did the yeah, the Mandarin. Um, <laughs> yeah, Aldrich Killian. Yep, I cool. <laughs> um, all I remember is that. 
Pepper Potts randomly had superpowers at the end of that movie. Yeah. Uh, Who is this? Captain Marvel. I mean, was there a singular villain? That's also one I haven't seen. Yeah, wait. Did she even have like a villain? Something with the Kree. It was the Kree. Just as... Okay. I I don't remember at all. I, I don't know if she had a villain, actually. Well, it was what's his face, Jude Law's character. Oh I guess. yeah, but I guess the Cree, that the other faction of the Cree. I don't. Or would, no, the Nova Corps. Would that was he the Nova Corps? And he wanted. <laughs> no, to kill I think the that's the. Isn't that the government of uh, Guardians? I think, Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, we were not exaggerating. I'm trying the to difficulty of this, this game. Is the, this is the opposite. I'm trying to figure out who this one was. Um. Uh, Alexander Pierce is listed on here. I don't know who that is. Wasn't that the name of Johnny Depp's character in The Tourist? (laughs) 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 That is more memorable than the villains of the MCU. I'm looking over these movies, and I can now... I I can actually list a few of them, like, you know, Winter Soldier. Well, I mean... (laughs) That feels like cheating to say Winter Soldier. Well, he is the one, and there is the other. Who is the well, computer it, boy? Remember that oh, shit? Wait, isn't that? It? Oh yeah, not no, not Baron Zemo, but um, that was in Civil yeah. War. Is it Baron oh. Zemo? Oh no, yeah, Baron, Baron Zemo, Zemo was, was Civil in Civil War. War. Yeah, Winter Soldier was like some dude from Hydra who had infiltrated. I don't know his name, um, <laughs> and that's that's even one of my one of the better MCU movies. It still has a fucking oh villain. Oh, I got a good one. Oh, I got a good one. You know by his name, um, in a uh, um, Doctor Strange. What's well, Dormammu? Not Dormammu. It was barely oh, the, the villain. He was the the other oh, yeah, the, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. I see that's like I, wouldn't have gotten like, that. I do know I do remember more of these than I I gave myself credit for, but still. well, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Yeah, I would not have gotten. I wouldn't have if you gave me who's the villain in Doctor Strange. I would not have known Cassilius. I would have yeah. just said Dormammu because that was like the bad guy at the end. But because you've come to bargain. Yeah, yeah, we we all know that. It's kind of a meme. But Cassilius is like he was the main villain throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist. The foot? Wait, Iron Fist? <laughs> like the show? The yeah. hand, rather? The hand? I said the foot. <laughs> I guess it was the hand. It was discount Corbin Burnson in the first season, yeah. at least. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I know the other Defenders. That was the Purple Man, um, yeah. Cottonmouth, and um, who was our other Defender? You've got friend. a better memory than me. I don't remember those. Oh, shit. But well, yeah. Cotton, those were Cottonmouth... Well, who's the Jamaican dude? Oh, Bushmaster. That's right. Yeah, them them call him Bushmaster. Um, because wait, because it was Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica, Jessica Jones, and uh, yeah, and um, Mr. Rand. I don't remember Danny the, Rand, the, uh, and of course Wilson Fisk. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Wilson Fisk, Punisher, and Bullseye, in season order. Yep. Easy, off the dome like Matt. Nothing. I guess Madam Gao. Would oh, be yes. in the defenders itself. Oh yeah, Madam Gao. Yes, I and I would not have remembered that. 
Um, well, I, I very much like the Daredevil show. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen that. In, in the times. same vein, uh, the Spider-Mans. All three of them. You got this. Um, the Tom Holland ones? Yeah. Uh, Vulture, Mysterio, uh, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro. Yeah, <laughs> Green- <laughs> Sandman. Eternals. <laughs> Never saw it. Wasn't it one of them? <laughs> I think maybe. Uh, uh, who gives a shit? Uh, Trey Watch, who's <laughs> the villain right. of that? Fucking um, Hollywood. Me, us, us for doing every fucking trailer every week. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a hard one because, um, as many of you may not have known, the SAG-AFTRA strike is over now, and the writer strike has been over for a little bit, and yeah. the trailer. Dam has been blown to smithereens and void. The least. It's been a uh, it's been a yeah. big week for fucking trailers, so we might have to go. Uh, if we want to cover all of them, we got to go like rapid fire through. Well, I I grabbed like four. Yeah, it's not actually that, that bad this week. I I would care about. Yeah. Even well, I don't see. That's 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 one of the reasons why the segment kind of. Feels bad sometimes because like you you spend a lot of time talking about movies you don't really care about. <laughs> so there's there's a few that haven't hit Rotten Tomatoes trailers yet that are on on X. Um, oh God, Netflix. Own, I guess to me. today is Netflix Geeked Week, so I'm gonna burn through some of them real quick before we talk about the get geeked on X. That sounds ones. that sounds pretty bad. So some of these are teasers, some of these are full trailers. So first big one we got is Avatar: The Last Airbender trailer. Um, we finally have Wait, that. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> finally, come out Airbender getting a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender. Do they have a release date? Uh, no. Is it is it yes. live action or animated? It's a yes. live action. Uh, February twenty second. They're riding that high off so that, well the off first that one time. piece. Fame. Yes. Yeah, so we have a trailer for it. Um, look, everybody's down on it. I think Netflix is going to do right by us. I don't think they can. It's one of these things where it's One Piece where, like with One Piece, if they fucked up and they did it dirty, um, they will have their heads on a pike. I don't think this will happen with Avatar. I think this will happen. The same like concept will happen with Avatar Last Airbender. It's beloved. If they fuck this up again, they will die. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance, yeah. So everything looks so good in the trailer alone. And we can even compare it to like the Shamalama Ding Dong trailer and see how it compares. It, I mean, it looks faithful. Everything we've been hearing about it has been good. Um, they've been doing a lot of rewriting. And waiting well, they on. typically don't let uh, news leak out to unfavorable sources this early in production. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. Like for your sake, I hope it's great, but you know, it, it it's still Netflix at the end of the day. Their track record is very much a mixed bag. Even with their anime adaptations, Cowboy Bebop sucked. Yeah, but um, you know, I I wonder, I wonder if their philosophy has changed. Um, because like animated shows have been pretty solid from them. Because we also have an Arcane announcement, November twenty twenty four. It was only a teaser, so it's not really worth covering. But Arcane was like did bonkers numbers for them. Um, but for every arcane, there's a season three of Castlevania. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's when, what I'm more concerned about for one piece 
Because they said One Piece did better than the first season of Stranger Things. Like, this is bigger than their Stranger Things. So they're like. Well, I, there's more of a built in audience yeah. for it. So, so I'm well, not terribly that means they're, they're, by like, that. they're committing to like 10 seasons of this shit, which is kind of insane and impractical. And I'll see it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, kind of yeah. thing. Because. It's, it's bold of Netflix to assume they'll survive as a company long enough yeah. for that to happen. Um, because it's they got a lot of content to burn through, and people age. <laughs> Anime characters <laughs> don't. And you know what? Honestly, like as sad, like morbid as that sounds, people die. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> and um, I hope they'll be open to recasting if things do get you know weird further down the line. If like weird with it, yeah, people turn out to be sex pests. Like, there's a lot that can go 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 long in ten years. Yeah. Um. So. Moving on, we got that. We got the first trailer for Ultraman Rising as well, releasing uh, in 2024. I, I don't know who is excited for that. Oh, are these just Ultraman, Ultraman fans, fans, presumably. They, they exist. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, Not personally, but <laughs> like on the internet. Yeah. I thought there was more. It's a big dude. It's hard to miss. Unless they're doing a big dump. Uh, they got Oh, they had Stranger Things Day a uh, couple days ago, so they are making a prequel to that in the form of a stage play that may or may not be filmed for netflix i don't know that's how you know it always goes well when you take stage play adaptations of movies but yeah seasons... well actually that's i should mention that's exactly what they're doing for one of that's, the trailers we're looking at Yeah, that's a very thematic bridge to to mean girls yeah so which i'm going i'll leave to... that there and we can just yeah. hop into mean girls to force um, on that this is Badly, badly named movies uh, this week. Uh, well, it's it so, is Mean Girls, but yes and no. Like it is, it is not a remake of Mean Girls per se. It's an adaptation of the musical, which I think has been running on Broadway for a few years. Yeah. However, the uh, the importance of musical numbers and their frequency in the trailer does not make this feel like a musical in the sense that I would have expected. Yeah. It feels a little bit more like a half-baked remake of Mean Girls. Yeah, that's what it seems like, because they're not showing any of the songs. Like, they show a couple of the dance sequences, um, which I presume have songs associated with them, but for the most part, it's just remakes or, yeah, reshot scenes of... Stuff you you know from the original Mean Girls with some updated casts and some some swapping around of <laughs> like uh, yeah. attributes of some of the characters, um, but yeah, like it it doesn't from the trailer seem to differentiate itself enough for people to like give it a pass for being a remake of a movie that's not that well. I guess it is almost twenty years old now, but yeah. Um, still it's it's their op I feel like they're using it as the opportunity to make it more surreal that's that's yeah. mainly it I feel like the reaction to this because it's not the it's not being received very well it's 1.2 thumbs up to 4.3 uh thumbs down thousands <laughs> being the unit there I think um, I think the negative reception is coming from I believe they have a line in there um saying this isn't your mother's mean girls and I think it made a lot of people feel old. <laughs> well, I think yeah. the problem with it 
or, or part of the reception and the point I was trying to get at is if they had like titled this Mean Girls colon the musical, I feel like people would have been a lot easier on it. You might have people like me who are like, why would I want to watch this as a musical? Uh, but like people would know what they're getting into, but just calling it Mean Girls and not doing a lot of musical stuff in the trailer, not really making it clear that this is a musical. You try to um, pull one over on them. Feels, yeah, feels disingenuous, and that's probably why it's getting as much pushback as it is. Yeah, they're just goofing on people, you know? They're just goofing on them, being like, ha-ha, you thought this was a friggin' movie, normal movie? No. <laughs> this is a musical like the Marvels. Come on. Yeah. Wait. You're pulling my leg. By pulling your leg, no, do there's... you mean uh, telling you that there's a musical number in the Marvels? Maybe I knew that. Maybe I tried they to get put into that a dance sequence and even participate in a wedding. Yeah, such cinematic. I saw the best sarcastic review of Marvels on uh, X today. There was like Marvels. The Marvels is the best Marvel Studios movie since Guardians of the Galaxy three. <laughs> it had a, it had a beginning, it had a middle, and a conclusion. <laughs> One of the it truly is one of the movies of all time. For those of you who are not in on the joke, this is the first Marvel Studios movie since Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, it is a movie, yeah, and it's it's not flying very high. Unlike Lift, um, this is the high budget version of Money Plane. Although, I feel like Money Plane had a decent budget. It had an okay budget because it had. Um, Who's, Kelsey Grammer, yeah, Kelsey Grammer, and Edge, Edge Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third, also known as the Rumble, also known as Beast. <laughs> Oops, Money Plane. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the story of a heist. It's a movie I've seen once, and I don't need to see it twice. I I typically enjoy heist movies. But this one seems quite bland. Kevin Hart will um, go where he's never been before. More than five feet in the air. What if we took kind of like the uh, whacked out uh, gadgetry of a Mission Impossible movie and uh, tried to assemble a very bland cast of characters a la Ocean's Eleven? Um. Now that Ocean's Eleven had planned characters, but yeah. my my point is that this feels. What if our high? Yeah, actually, you know what? This top this top comment really sums it up. This feels like a Chinese blockbuster. This feels like <laughs> kind of a Chinese knockoff version of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it doesn't have I'm... it doesn't have as much weird CG. Like you know, if you've seen Chinese movies, you know the CG I'm talking about, like weird yeah. CG. Yeah, I don't know. I I think did you see that plane sequence? That still looks <laughs> too Western to me. That looked like Western bad CG, not Chinese bad CG. It's a very specific art to it. We gotta check the check know. the uh, idea in the planes. See if they're uh, Chinese made fighter jets, and maybe this was a uh, some propaganda from the CCP. Oh, from the director of Fate of the Furious. Oh, Italian job. That's a heist movie. That seems better than this. Yeah, go watch go watch that one instead. <laughs> go watch the Italian job. 
and and subscribe to the fan theory that Jason Statham's character in that movie is really Chip Chelios. Yes, that's that's perfect. Um, From Crank. Speaking of uh, action adventure romps. Oh, okay. The Family Plan. Yes. These are similar movies, you know? Mm -hmm. One's about a thriller stealing a plane or money on a plane or stealing Kevin Hart or maybe Kevin Hart's mom or, I don't know. Uh, We go to uh, a pun about getting your family on a cellular plan. And this movie's about Mark Wahlberg driving his wife and kids to the singular store in 2009, probably. Um, yeah, it's a period where, piece. Yeah, so they're, and they, they have it like, it's not black and white, but sepia. Um, don't. And he's going to, yeah. he's going to get his family on a, on a family plan. Uh, you know, he's been just using landline for a long time and, he figures his kids could use a, a fire bug, lightning bug. Yep. Is that what it was? Something. Jitterbug? Are jitterbug. you thinking of? Jitterbug? Is that what but it was? But that, that's the giant phone for, for old people. people. No, yeah. not the jitterbug. There was one for kids that had like three numbers it could call on speed dial. Uh, Fucking miss me with that shit. Yeah. So he's going to get his kids a couple bug phones that call like three people. Um and then him and his wife are gonna get a, uh, you know, a Nokia, and they're gonna learn how to use it. Maybe play Snake. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a mercy killing out on this bit here. Yeah. Um, was... and uh, tell you what this movie actually is. Um, it's nobody with a less talented director starring Mark Mark yeah. Wahlberg and featuring the songs of Vanilla Ice. Um, no, if there's a, if there is a movie in this trailer, which watch, is such a misopportunity because they should have used Marky Marks. In the I, funky I'm bunch. sure they asked him to, and he's like, "Please no, you won't." Uh, <laughs> my contract says no. They're like, fine. Um, no, this is like. If any, if any of the movie trailers this week were going to be sponsored by a foreign government, I feel like this one is. Like, this is almost like I feel like it's sponsored by the Emirati government, <laughs> just because of it's they. Whenever I see a glamour shot of Vegas, I'm just like, oh no, this is there's a chance that this is a Vegas advertisement. Um, they got Mark Wahlberg and no other big name. Um. And it's on Apple TV. I don't know. I'm just yeah. getting. I'm just. I am just getting foreign money vibes from this. Apple. Well, Apple TV. Apple TV movies all feel like they were written by generative AI. Um, I've seen. Well, I was about to say I haven't seen a good Apple TV movie, but I guess Coda was pretty good. Um, but most of the time they're mediocre. In the case of something like the greatest beer run ever, or really bad in the case of Ghosted. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is going to be closer to the latter camp. I mean, I'm sure it'll be decent, dumb fun, but this movie, better versions of this movie exist. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out what like, other Apple TV like, movies. Yeah. Oh, paint was another. Was paint uh, Apple TV only? See, fucking Google's annoying because I I just look up Apple TV movies, 
top picks for you Jedi Junkies, Mortal Kombat, The Blind Side. That's not an Apple TV movie. Apple TV original movies? I want to get a little lineup of like what they put out. Their shows are actually not that bad. While Jake's looking that up, we're going to switch from this movie about Spy and his family to Spy X Family, uh, Code White, the movie. Um, about it's the anime movie, it's the Christmas anime movie where the anime spy family goes on Christmas vacation, and boy, don't you love these characters? They're so oh, yeah. family. I just fucking ignore this. Go go watch on instinct. Don't worry, nothing ha- they don't. There's no story in. This. Oh, I, I have no, I have no concerns. I miss something. It's okay. just like my brain has been trained to filter out pitch like this That's okay the the redeeming factor of this series is uh i believe the meme faces of the little girl that's that's about that's the big takeaway from this is the girl with the horns and the pink hair does the meme face and then you laugh uh moving on uh ghostbusters frozen empire oh yeah um boy i'm not quite sure how I feel about this. So I feel like with afterlife and they're seemingly repeating the same sort of thing with this one. I feel like the scope of the problem they're solving is too big. Like the consequences are too dire. Like I understand that in, in Ghostbusters one, like, you know, the fate of New York was, was at risk and whatever. Um, but no one really got hurt by the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah. It was all like kind of like comedy hijinks like this. It, this is this, a Roland it, like, Emmerich just, level disaster. Yeah, it feels more like a disaster movie than it does yeah. a Ghostbusters movie. Like it's an evil dead type force that they're fighting. Yeah. If the, and it just it doesn't really feel very Ghostbusters. Yeah. What like, what would have I would have loved it. Like I can see what the original I feel like I know what the original screenplay of this was. And it's very nice. So in my head can the original screenplay was, oh, the family from Ghostbusters Afterlife goes to New York City after, you know, they want to go see the, the the OGs that they met at the end of the first one. You know, maybe learn a little bit more about Ghostbusters and go on vacation. It's July. It's the summer. But it it snows. Like it doesn't it doesn't freeze into evil ice spikes and destroy the city in a wave of like Elsa Frost. Like it just it's snowing in July. There's a chill in the air. And then and then yeah. they have to solve the ghost problem. Like I'm but not Sony was saying like, no. There has to be has to be dire peril. Yeah, I'm not saying it can't be good. Like there are some talented people in it, and Afterlife really wasn't that bad. I, it was a little rough around the edges, but overall it was pretty okay. Um, and you've added talented people like Patton Oswalt uh, to the mix here, and like the original cast seemed like they're going to be more involved in this Kumal movie. Johnny. Yeah, I guess I he's like, in it too. I don't like the original cast of this. Like, let them wa- move away. I know it's in New York City, and they established that, so I guess you have to. But I yeah, I think that I I just want them to just move away. You as, as much establish as, your own characters. Take as much that, as I feel it. like people would have loved it. I feel like them being in this detracts from the movie, and it's it's very a lot of the, what this brings up is like you know nostalgia bait, member berries, and. Mm-hmm. 
that is a continuing thing that I think people are emphasizing on more and more and more. And it's like, it's just getting to the point where it's like, stop. Like, well, that's, I mean, that was afterlife in a nutshell too. Like it was very heavy on the nostalgia bait stuff. I guess it depends which, on I how mean, they utilize them. Like if- I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather a movie like pay homage to it's, uh, you know, like source material or it's the original version versus like Ghostbusters 2016, which tried to make a joke of the original or like didn't yeah. draw any inspiration or, or pay any homage to the original. It just seems like the originals are going to have like a bigger screen presence in here. Like they're in several scenes of the uh, trailer alone. I feel like they're utilized. Well, I don't know how they're going to be utilized in the movie, but I feel like Dan Aykroyd is kind of like the home base mentor guy. I feel like that's fine. Yeah. Like that fits with Ray Stance's character. I, I, I think it fits, you know, with the general structure of the new the new breed, kind of learning under his tutelage. Um, mm-hmm. If Bill Murray and when if Bill Murray and uh, Ernie Hudson are just kind of like background players yeah. that you know investigate the initial disaster or whatever and are like okay we're getting too old for this you guys go out and handle this because like in all the the later scenes you just see the family yeah, they're all, right they're it's all not up. not yeah. not it, the it's you don't have the original ghostbusters there I, with I saw them one one flash clip of i think it was ernie um suited up in the old suit and seems like they eventually get new suits. Yeah, there's there's one with with Bill Murray too. Oh, yeah. I think it's probably the same scene honestly. Yeah. Uh yeah. where they encounter the uh the ghost they for probably, the first time. They probably defend the firehouse or something like that. Yeah, I mean that's what it looks like. It looks like the ice is coming through and they're just, you know, defending it. Um well, but uh, you know, it, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm not gonna write it off just yet. Um, if they, I, I know I say this a lot, but if they learn the right lessons from Ghostbusters Afterlife, there's a chance this movie's yeah. pretty good. Just don't fall into the Star Wars trap, and you'll probably do fine. And speaking of uh, ice and snow, it's kinda. That happens during Crimbus time. And what yeah. what also happens mm-hmm. during Crimbus time is Eddie Murphy gets a movie. Yeah. Candy Cane Lane. What's it about? Well, you'll find out um, in these coming moments. I could have sworn that this movie was already out because I've I've seen advertisements yeah, for it saw, on, on Prime. Yeah, we saw um, the teaser. Oh. Right. And we kind of got I the guess, gist, and this looks just about the same like yeah um eddie murphy he loves his christmas and he goes to an obviously cursed shop and he wishes for a crazy christmas december 1st is when it comes out um yeah like well no well my my, my point was like they were advertising this fairly heavily to the point where i'm like oh this is a thing that's out now but it's not coming out until the beginning of next month so um this is about like he he makes a, a a wish or he signs a contract with an elf who's like probably more demonic than anything, and he doesn't read the fine print, and uh, he gets special Christmas powers or something, or his his life becomes the twelve days of Christmas, I guess. 
yeah, something along like, those lines. Uh, Cursed Christmas cons- shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. Gotta save Christmas by the 25th or something. I don't know. I'm not even... <laughs> I'm just the, extrapolating. Whether I see... Well, I'm yeah. trying to... Like the... On the first... Like the parchment... In, or partridge in a pear tree. Um, and then there's the goose. Goose is honking. There's the rings. Five golden rings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some of these I don't... I think there's Lords of Leaping. Lords of Leaping. That he's he's trying to fight oh, off. Oh, those are the with Lords of Leaping. Javelin. Yeah. Oh, and I'm I'm looking. At, if he doesn't, if he doesn't do the thing, he turns into you know what? Uh, one of the characters yeah, little, in the Christmas diorama. He probably every yeah. every day he has to like probably collect one of these rings or something like that, like Sonic the Hedgehog, because there's a yeah. scene where she's jumping after trying to catch one of the rings, and if he you doesn't, he gets turned into a little um. Uh, little Christmas doll, doll. yeah, yeah little, little doll. Norman Rockwell little, little Christmas Village doll. Welcome to Marlindale exactly thing. Yeah. Um, it look. I'll I'll be perfectly honest here. Eddie Murphy hasn't been able to carry a movie since the 1980s. Um, I don't think this is going to be any At different. Least this is like a different premise. This is kind of unique, kind of. even though this it, is it follows the classic 90s comedy. Like it's a. Well, yeah, that's like this movie feels like it it it's fallen out of time, right? Like yeah. this feels like a movie that would have come out in like 2006 yeah. to 2008. This comes out like the summer has, after Liar, Liar, Liar. Yeah, it has it has big like early knots, mid knots energy to it, um, mm-hmm. and and so like it it it's almost jarring. <laughs> in a way because it's so so different from what modern movie making has become in in some ways in other ways it's very emblematic of some of the problems with modern cinema but like it it it's a slightly novel concept um you can find examples of movies that have kind of similar overall plot structures but like i don't think they've ever had like a christmas setting to it like this um, usually, and it's not a Christmas Carol adaptation, which is what a lot of these sort of things turn into. Yeah. Um, like Scrooged. The, um, <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah. I'm just realizing, you know this, what? there's a this, lot of, this reminds me of the Santa Claus. Like that is yeah. the exact same vibe that this is going for. Oh yeah. Kinda. And it's kind of funny cause there's also a new Santa Claus movie coming oh, yeah, out. Santa yeah. Clauses. I think it's, yeah, it's, I think yeah. it's, yeah. I've Disney. seen tr- I've seen trailers for it. It looks. They got Gabriel. Iglesias I don't know. I don't know how it looks. Yeah, it sure does. Um, this is a lot of CGI birds. So, if that's your your fear, uh, don't go see this movie. If that's your irrational fear of CGI birds, and the therapist asks, "Are the CGI birds here with us?" He asks you, "How are you feeling about that?" Yeah, and you answer. I'm feeling inside out too. Nice. We got a teaser trailer for inside out Two that shows us a new emotion for the girl from inside out one. Who's I don't need to see the trailer because like the premises and the plot is one line. Dude, if we see her get her period, it's going to be lit, dude. Dude, (laughs) The secret follow up to red. If they animate a tampon as an emotion, turning red, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I'm gonna get so mad at this movie, you don't even know. Because bl- pa- 
kids are going to watch this and think it's okay to have like feelings and like puberty. So stop trying to fuck our kids, Disney. What are you doing? Rude. Yeah, I don't I never watched the first Inside Out. Um so I don't have a lot of attachment to the franchise as it were. But this just feels unnecessary. Yeah. See, it's because like this is this is like the fourth coming of age Pixar movie in the last five years. And more. I feel like they're going to this well a little too often. They'll never, they'll never run out of kids who feel. I mean, things. I feel yeah, who feel things. Yeah. No, I I think the indicator of this trailer like that tells me most of what I need to know is that. They pull out the crazy. They pull out the Ozzy Osbourne crazy train. Oh yes, that's the other point I wanted to make. This: if you gave me a hundred guesses to guess the song they would use in the Inside Out two teaser trailer, I don't think I would have gotten the crazy train. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> have even said so bizarre. Music. I was like, they're not Disney. Doesn't they're not going to pull out licensed music for for one of their movies? But here they are, and they pulled out like the most used one that's that's been actually that's kind of been a trend recently for pixar or i guess yeah because lightyear had um uh space oddity oh yeah that's its right trailer song they really and, enhanced uh, the movie there are probably others <laughs> yeah but that that is a recent offering that had licensed music in so i i watched the first one it was it was a pretty solid it was one of the newer. Yeah, it was well liked. It was one of the newer movies that actually was more popular and well received um, from a broader audience. Um, I will say this, to its defense, this is one of the more natural sequels that I've seen in a while. Like, there are sequels that just. Yeah, Frozen 2, probably, as much as it did well, like, they made it for more money. It didn't need to be <laughs> made. Like, it, it that was a movie that was. One and done and chef's kiss fine fine and dandy but then they make a second one and it's like why oh money okay um inside I'm out gonna two let you in on a little secret here jake <laughs> do them all for money shut up here no not the mouse <laughs> He's my dad. Oh. He loves me. He wants to educate There's me. There's no ethical watching under capitalism. Oh. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that Yeah, no, reason, I get what you're saying. There's like there's, a there's little even bit more less purpose. artistic drive. Like they set up the first one with the fact that she will eventually get puberty and have other emotions and that was a focal point in one of the in the in the first one is like a setup for well, this. You know what other movie? Pixar movie? kind of set up for a sequel that hasn't happened monsters inc that's right how they come we prequel. haven't gotten the monsters inc sequel no. true they're waiting <laughs> waiting for the uh all the inside what? out came out in 2014 i think actually monsters inc came out a lot earlier than that actually i mean um, bambi came out in 1950 and then Bambi uh, 2 came out a couple years ago. Uh, point. Wait, did Bambi 2 come out? Okay. All right, Tim Robinson. Uh, point of uh, personal privilege. Um, actually, 
Monsters Inc. had a sequel series on the acclaimed Disney Plus streaming service. It was about six episodes, and it sucked. Oh, that's right. Dick. It did technically have, <laughs> have a sequel. It had. I have no memory of this. <laughs> it, had, it had Mike Wazowski and the blue bitch in it, and uh, uh, they they were in it like for five minutes, and um, yeah, because they were using laughing power. Yes, it was a whole thing. So, <laughs> yeah. It, I remember, like, Monsters University was pretty good. Well, I'm not saying Monsters University was bad. No, I'm not. I'm not but it's not what I wanted. Yeah, we want a sequel. Like, yeah. I, I, I wanted to see those characters again, sure, but I also wanted to know what happened next in the, the broader I want to see what other natural resource they can extract from our bodies. Like, they, they yeah. got the fear, they got the laughter, oh. now they have to... Don't let them get like, on the it, it was there was such an easy like crossover too. Like the first movie was uh Misadventures of the Human in the Monster World. Second movie could have easily been Misadventures of the Monsters in the Human World. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's right there for you. Or they figure out laughing power isn't that great and if they just milk us for cum, it's uh <laughs> they actually get a lot more It's those power. canisters but instead of the red bar goes up it's just white. And it just started yanking us. It's Turns not out, doors anymore. It's like beaded curtains. Orgasm oh endorphins are uh, a lot, a lot stronger than laughter or fear. All right. And then well, that big we're gonna... that big crab is like, yes, milk them more. I want more power for my company. I don't want to. There's the there's that iconic line that he says from the first one, and I don't want to like adapt it for this one. What is it? No, you shouldn't. What is it? What is this, his line? Where he's this like, bit, I'll kidnap a thousand bitch. children before I let this company die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not switching that one up. <laughs> Middle out. Um, those of you who know, know. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put a stop to this, and we're gonna move on oh. to the follow up, right quick, because I I want to get through the rest of the show in a somewhat timely manner. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here we go. Box office, 2023 weekend 44 November 3rd through the 5th. Uh, very poor box office overall. Um, been a minute since it was this low. Uh, fifty-six million dollars. You have to go back to the middle of September to find a lower box office. Yeah. September twenty-two through twenty-fourth um, was lower, but this is this is quite bad. It's down fifty-four percent um, overall. Um, Five Nights mm-hmm. at Freddy's still enough on top, but man, huge week on week drop. I guess word got out that it was also on Peacock, and people were like, "Well, what the fuck am I doing going to the theater for this?" Yeah. I thought I saw. Um, I thought I saw that on Peacock. I was like, "Oh, nice! I can watch it now." Down seventy six point two percent, even though it opened in hundred and fourteen more theaters. Interesting. Uh, good enough for nineteen million dollar gross, bringing its worldwide total to two hundred twenty one million. Um, and it also finds itself in our spotlight, as promised. Uh, we were we waited for Jake. Um, so it's it's a hit with fans, as you will see when we get to the real reviewers, but uh, not so much with critics. 
5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure the audience audience score only 87%. That's actually the most surprising thing about this. But curiously enough, the Metacritic score is 78, only based on eight critic reviews, but that's still a lot higher than I would have expected given the other review outlets. Um, 7.7 user score there. But as we, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of what's going on with this movie. Uh, as we look at the real reviewers and read their real reviews. Um, I assure you these are real people. We bet them all carefully. Um, and let me tell you, the 10 stars were an interesting an interesting breed this week. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of FNAF super fans. And uh, you can tell that it's a younger skewing demo. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, but who knows how old Captain Zombie Dude is? So you don't have to. There's no age limit on being a real reviewer. That's that's Starting true. Young. It's, you're born with it. You're born a real Harry. Reviewer. Harry, you're a reviewer. <laughs> you're a real reviewer, Harry. Um, okay. So Captain Zombie Dude has a ten out of ten review. Uh, with a with a title that that strikes the core of the matter. Never. Listen to the critics. Ellipses. See it for yourself. This movie does not take itself too seriously. Ellipses. Which is a good thing. Ellipses. It gives you exactly what you expect from a movie like this. Ellipses. Possessed animatronics killing people. Ellipses. He's just using that in place of periods. So whenever I stop to take a breath, just assume it was a four-period ellipse. Well, in the first act of the movie, that is. But nonetheless, it was entertaining. The set design looked well-crafted, and there's plenty of Easter eggs for the hardcore fans of the franchise and two YouTuber cameos for those invested in YouTube media. Spoilers. The main character is relatable. The soundtrack slaps. And you can tell... uh, None of this is capitalized, by the way. And you can tell that there is a lot of passion behind it as well. And finally, this is a movie made for fans of the franchise. So if you watch this movie as an outsider and don't any understand any of the references in the movie, just look for lore breakdowns on YouTube. You got to do your homework, kids, <laughs> <laughs> to get a better understanding of references and Easter eggs. <laughs> if you're not ensconced in YouTube lore breakdowns, <laughs> what are you even doing watching this movie? Uh, just try to keep an open mind when you watch this movie <laughs> and don't listen to the critics. Watch the movie for yourself and decide if you liked it. Best advice I can give. Four out of six found that helpful. He really like struck like a bargaining pose yeah. at the end there. <laughs> just, just, go see him just really weird energy there, but four out of six found that helpful. Um, I'm oh, not going to read this one just yet, um, but... <clears throat> well, when I are you going to read it if not at your segment in time? Um, hold on, I want to. I want to send you the link to it. Uh, oh, okay. Tell me if this is a oh. acceptable length. Of... <laughs> oh Jesus! If it's if Just... it's not, I will I will gladly skip. But absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot go off, King. Oh my God! My dude wrote an essay. This uh, is literally. This is a good like. 25 to 40 percent of any of the six out of ten reviews i i, I will i, I will these get, all day jake i will get the word uh, going. Oh, i'm very sorry he uh, the reason why i want to 
uh, read it is because he says um, at the end, I'm not a hater. Thanks for reading. And um, <laughs> it's just funny because from a not a hater, you wrote a a thesis on why you don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> if we could compress it all into like half the time and get I you know, on double yeah. speed. I 999 words. Oh my God. <laughs> he didn't want to go over that limit. My man cranked out a quick <laughs> thesis for this. Um, so okay. I, I pasted it into Google Docs yeah. and it is um, three pages long. Okay. Oh my God. Dude, come on. Oh, the real reviewers are hot tonight. <laughs> he but might be the realest among them. <laughs> we'll see how Mindless Movie Master has to say about this. With a 1 out of 10, Nicolas Cage did it better. Warning, spoilers. With Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> okay, we could have included that in the title. But I played the games, and this has nothing to do with the games. It does have some callbacks towards the beginning with Lillard is talking to him over the phone and whatnot, but the rest was pretty much changed. The whole looking for his brother thing that is missing is taking up more screen time than the actual Freddies. <sighs> Possessive Freddies, not... Whatever. Instead of them hunting down and murdering them, so far they are just hanging out with them. They figured out dead kids are possessing the animatronics. Now with all building a fort together, dot, dot, double bonus period. Uh, one hour, 13 minutes in, and he is now back to watching the scary screens. Nope, he is falling asleep, trying to dream about his missing brother, some more dot dot yawn dot dot <laughs> all the little kids in his dreams again who are possessing the animatronics tell him you want to know about your brother you gotta sacrifice abby to the animatronics more dreaming him just yelling while little kids run around him they start to slice him up he wakes up to the animatronics trying to put a mask on him. Hour and 18 minutes in, and he finally gets chased by one of the animatronics. This movie is bad. I'm I'm stop my review there, because I don't know if I can even finish it. 34 out of 54, I found that helpful. I've seen, I feel like I've watched the whole thing. What a, what a freak. Just, That's a review. such a picture. That's that's certainly something. Yeah. Nice. Of all the reviews we've ever read in this segment, that's certainly numbers among them. Yeah. That's a review. That's a review, and this is a review too. Um, I wanted to give I wanted to give a popular one because there's a I have a choose your own adventure after this of of some garbage, um, but I want to give a shot shout out partially because of partially because of uh the, the starter here. So from Chris Seened it, um. His 5 out of 10 review, 9 out of 10 for looks, 3 out of 10 for screenplay. Now, this one's a little fun because you actually have to do the math to see that it's not the correct score. <laughs> <laughs> it's So, 5 out of 10, and then he gave it a 6 out of 10. Take a drink. Um, if you love the FNAF games, go see this. At the base level, it's fun to see this stuff come to life especially when the costume design and set design are this good. If you're a harsh a critic, game. you might hate this film. 
its biggest problems are character development overall storyline and horror factor. This would be better if R-rated. However, that's not to say you can't make a great PG-13 horror flick. Acting wasn't too bad. Hutchinson and Lillard are as good as they can be with the writing they were given. Same with the kids in the movie. How to make it better? I can see this being a much better film if they were to treat it like a one-room horror adventure, much like the game. Keep Mike in the chair, terrified of leaving the office, trying to keep the monsters back. Something like Devil or Panic Room. Throughout the film, they could have given him flashbacks to connect dots, conversations over the phone, and during the day, he makes rounds in the town to figure things out. Then they can make his reason for going back each night valuable, like he wants to solve the mystery of the animatronics, etc. Just fell flat. Beautiful to look at. Some fun scenes, but you won't recommend the film to anyone who hasn't played Vneth. Uh, two out, 256 out of 306. Found that helpful. Hmm, pretty good. Uh, Aqua Skull in Re- Aqua Skull 17183 in rebuttal to that review says, Nah, this was F pound 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 NG it. <laughs> Why you censored the I? I do not know. <laughs> Holy mama. This had one job and it nailed it. I don't care what anybody says. This movie does everything a movie like this needed to do. For starters, all the acting is on point. The cast of human actors surprisingly isn't the biggest. <laughs> but they all nail their roles perfectly. And the animatronics, let me tell you, Disney is shaking. Because they are super lifelike. <laughs> yes, Disney's never worked with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Not oh. once. <laughs> it's not like they own the company. Oh, sir. The movie plays around with different ideas and pieces of the lore and fits them in, a, in to tell a new story. As much as I love FNAF as a game series, making that all a movie would be a mess. So to scrap that and just give us the essentials and then build on top of those essentials new ways is great. I'll end it here, but the hardest recommendation ever. There are many things I did not mention, but honestly, please watch it for yourself to see them. 6 out of 13 found that helpful. Well, thank you, Senator. <laughs> no, we have, um, it is basically Bob Odenkirk, Senator character from Mr. Show. That is correct. You, you, you nailed it. We have, a, we have a fantastic username here. One out of ten from uh, Plump Placenta. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Give it that. Me. That is that is like a Hall of Fame Xbox gamer tag. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, from a with a, with a uh, fitting name, boring movie of a boring game made for infants. Okay, made for infants. Let's see why. This movie is lame as hell. Super slow and boring. No gore. No nudity. A few weak jump scares <laughs> that you can see coming from a mile away. The acting well, is. Did he expect nudity from the FNAF movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Show me some tits on that bear. <laughs> the acting is terrible. Two hour long movie felt like five hours. The story is unbelievably cringe. The robots look cool, but they don't really do anything other than standing around. 
if you have a child or a newborn infant, oh, me, mm. me, me per se, <laughs> then I would recommend taking them to see this lukewarm fake horror movie. But don't expect to be scared. <clears throat> or that was in, that was in there. It said to cough. Or even feel anything at all. The ant is a hideous hag that barely looks human. The sun is a demented little weirdo that never stops whining or winning. And they misspelled it. The only good actor is the guy who plays the pharmacist. What? He nailed his lines. Anyone who is scared of this film is most likely faking it. It Just like the idiot... The idiot did with the game to get the views on YouTube. Save your money and buy a hamburger or a hot dog instead. This is abomination. Ten out of twenty found that helpful. Go buy a hot dog. Wow. Buy a hot dog. Um. <laughs> wow. Hey Jake, I'm gonna need you to roll a D12. I've got a D6 on. I'll take hand. a D6. Okay. Uh, wait, wait. I got I got a D20 down here. No, I need it divisible by three. Okay. Or just cut it. If it's eight, 19 or 20, roll again. Okay. All right. All right. Now I'm already rolling. Um, take 16. Okay. Natural 12. Yeah. All right. I, I, I got to go with that. I'm sorry. But 16's higher. It's not my fault he came to battle with inferior equipment. It's not my it's fine because I like this. I, I do like this one. This one makes me happy. All right, our our randomly our randomly generated review. <laughs> Six out of ten by Elastau Bizioanono is Silva did Silva Junior. Uh, right. Six, <laughs> six out of ten. Review of Emma Tommy's film based on Scott Cawthon's game. Five Nights at Freddy's is a perfectly commercial film. I don't care about the game or the fidelity of the original story, but the film adaptation doesn't make a point of being good, much less being good in the horror genre. Blumhouse has reached the height of mediocrity, achieved thanks to the Hollywood formula for selling films more easily. Formula that makes me reflect on the future of art, and when it will stop being what it is and become a product. But going back to the film based on... Thank you a little late to the party there. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to the film based on Scott Cawthon's game, it was barely saved. In short, thanks to fan service. Because when you remove the fan service from all that, all that's left is the formula, which consists of supposedly primary horror, which mostly gives way to action and or the comedy, and last but not least, the stuffing of references and fan service, which are enough for fans who already had low expectations. In short, Five Nights at Freddy's is a film, nothing more and nothing less than mediocre, which deserves a 6 out of 10 due to the pleasures made to the fan base during the film in the way that birds eat until they are full her belly, in little pieces, <laughs> and which has some notable visual elements. <laughs> the fuck is this guy on? <laughs> he just he just took a hit of that. He took a hit of that Grandmaster Tai Chi Zaza before he fucking dude. Fucking 
buying his shit off Mansa Musa. <laughs> I conclude that the film is more afraid of the viewer than the spectator should be of the film, as it wastes the potential that a universe as rich as FNAF could offer to the big screen in a more worthy adaptation. Zero out of two. Found that helpful. So did he not at the beginning of the review say that he did not care about the game? Yes. And then goes on to criticize it for not adapting the rich lore of the game. Supposedly. Okay, cool. Just making sure I got that right. Yeah. At least he got, he did get the score right. Good for him. Um, yeah, there, there's something to be to said for offer that. Offer up a Chinese proverb for that. <laughs> if, in the way that birds eat until they are full, her belly, her belly in little pieces. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, a lot of the ten star reviews were just fans gushing over the fan service and equating that with it being a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of hard to find uh, different takes than that. Yeah. But that's Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, still hot on its heels. In fact, arguably holding on better than Five Nights at Freddy's is Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, which yeah. dropped only 11.8% week on week. Um, and has brought its worldwide total to $231 million. Uh, so it has made $10 million more than the actual movie produced by a, a studio. And it is, in fact, a video of a concert. Yep. <laughs> T-Swift making more billion dollars. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon still struggling to find its footing at the box office, uh, despite getting a uplift in theater count. It's down 26.2%, hauling in $6.8 million, uh, bringing its total worldwide gross to $121 million, which I believe was half of its production budget. Um, wow. Sucks to suck. Priscilla. Well, I'm sure the movie's fine. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's a hard ask. To, to watch a movie that long in theater without intermission. And also, you can only show so many showings of a movie that that's long. That's that long. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla rolls out a little bit wider, opening in 1,355 theaters across the country. Reveals its true power level. Uh, yeah, getting a shot in the arm to the tune of 3,747.9% week-on-week increase to $5.084 million. Um, it's made 5.3 overall. Yep. Uh, we'll see if it gets any wider than that in release. Uh, opening this week. So, like, <laughs> this is, this is you know, a uh, sad indictment of the state of the box office where a new movie opens in fifth uh, with $2.68 million. Uh, Radical from Pentelian Films, which tells the story of a teacher in a Mexican border town full of neglect, corruption, and violence, tries a radical new method to unlock their students' curiosity, potential, and maybe even their genius? Hmm, that doesn't sound like a movie that's been made before. Nope. Um... Well, I guess the, the setting is At least a bit novel. I, I'm surprised we didn't see this before it came out. It's this kind of this snuck up on us. I was going to say, I, I don't remember any trailers for this. It seems kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it's it, it snuck in there. Um, 
419 theater opening here, so it Pretty did really well on for, a, for that on a on a per per theater basis. Yeah, among the stronger movies this week, um, The Exorcist Believer, which is I believe available to rent on demand now, um, brings in 2.1 million dollars, down 35 percent out of 288 theaters. Uh, worldwide gross for that one crossed up over 130. So, uh, Exorcist Believer makes about a hundred million less than Five Nights at Freddy's, despite being a continuation of one of the most uh, influential horror movies ever made. So, that just shows you that uh, the power of FNAF is quite high. Paw Patrol Mighty Movie, despite never making a lot of money, uh, still maintains a spot in the top 10 after six weeks, yep. bringing another $2 million. $182 million worldwide for that movie. Paramount after... is going to... Yeah, yeah Paramount's yeah. going to roll in those streaming bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. After Death, uh, 2.002 movie, million Angel Studios. Uh, what alive. happens? What happens after Death? I don't think they're gonna have another Sound of Freedom on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, just this, a hunch. Uh, this is Angel it, Studios. Yep. This is the one that did the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that uh, is like selling a lot too now. What uh, the, the, the like DVDs? Yeah, the review I watched this morning went had a big box off, similar to what we do. Dan Merle, you can take notes from what we do, but um, he went into like let this, the pros show you how it's done. Learn. <laughs> yeah, he did this deep dive into like um not only box office but also um like uh like uh rentals and purchases, um and went over and I think Sound of Freedom was like top three, like purchases on whatever platforms digital platforms. So mm-hmm. that's not fun. It wouldn't surprise. I mean, like a lot of fanatical people yeah. like this movie, and I'm sure they're the type of person who would buy the movie. Maybe, maybe some of them are. Uh, they weren't happy with their viewing viewing experience the first time because the theaters are. Well, it's, to you see, it's such an important movie, Jake, it that is. you got to watch it many times. It's so you, important. You can never let your you yeah. can never let yourself forget that God's children are not for sale. Yes. Oh, I know. So buy and now. When I heard that, I was moved. I was moved. Let me tell you. You can rent them. The first time I heard Maybe it, for a license it I was moved. You can lease By them. the eighth time I heard it, a little less moved. <laughs> uh, what happens later? Later after death? I don't know. Tell us, Bleecker Street Media. Uh, your movie opened in just under 1,500 theaters and brought in $1.5 million, so pretty lousy per theater take. Uh, what happens later is a story of Willa and Bill, who are ex-lovers that will see each other for the first time in years when they both find themselves snowed in, in transit, at an airport overnight. I do, do think, think I think they remember... might fall in love? <laughs> yeah, I do think I remember seeing this one, and just threw, we just threw it in the pile immediately. Probably because it's the same fucking movie that's been. This is every fucking Hallmark holiday movie. Yeah. Minus the green and red sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, then finally, uh, Freelance. That is a real strong who is, showing. Who is Lance and why is he captured? Lance Catamaran. 
Mm, this yes. Is the, this is the Lance Catamaran prequel. <laughs> False. This movie isn't set in Utica. <laughs> I just want to see him with a stapler again. Upper Utica, New York. <laughs> six weeks, 36 days. I don't know why uh, you on top of the world. You could get some weird amount of media coverage for being like a pretty small town. I think it's because like it's a nondescript New York town. Yeah, it's it's your quintessential sleepy upstate New York town, and they make pretty good beer there. Yeah, and they have a they they have those chicken riggies, which I'll eat one day. I'll have a chicken riggy sometime before before I kick the bucket. Well, Utica's not too far. We could totally make a trip out to the Saranac Brewery at some point. That might be fun. Shit. All right. You're on, kid. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll see. No, uh, that's, the, that's the top ten. Uh, freelance, four million. Uh, well, more than four million. Let's see how much more it's, than four it's, million. It's not doing a lot of money. Uh, six, <laughs> 6.8 million. Hoo-wee! That'll, get you, that'll get you some cups of coffee. How much... How much do you think John Cena made for that movie? Um, do you think Do you think he negotiated for a piece of the back end, or just took a flat fee? <laughs> I feel like he took a five figure flat fee. <laughs> like he didn't even go six figures. He's like, I, I just need some some fun money. I need my I credits. He, I, money, I gotta figure he made six figures. Dumb money's been out in theaters for eight weeks already. Yeah. Holy shit. I guess, yeah. I was, just, I was right. looking at like the, one of the lower ones were and um, seeing if anybody <coughs> dropped to uh, obscurity like, before their time, but mm-hmm. nothing's jumping out at me. All right, then. Let's move on to gaming news because for, for like the first time in a long time, this is a pretty big week for gaming news. There's yeah. a lot to, to touch on here. Um... I I don't even know where where to begin. I switched to baby. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> no, every every like For... Monday there's a switch to trending uh, thing like featuring somewhere, and it's it's always For new gaming handhelds, you can actually buy. Valve has just announced the Steam Deck OLED. Uh, moments after my RMA for my Steam Deck went through. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's great. Um, it's it's more competitively pl- priced than the original models. Uh, it has a slightly larger 7.4 inch OLED screen, has a new APU, the AMD Sephiroth chip, which is a six nanometer chip, uh, still for uh, Zen two cores with uh, eight R eight uh, eight threads and eight compute units on the R and DNA two GPU. So it should be pretty much a side grade in terms of performance but the new chip promises more efficiency and um the the um uh the battery size has been increased significantly in the oled model Uh, also the screen gets a bump up in refresh rate to 90 hertz um you're not going to be able to drive a whole lot of games at that frame rate on the steam deck but but um it's there if you if you need it. Well, I guess you can emulate older games of that. Probably no problem. Yeah. Um. Still the same twelve hundred twelve eighty by eight hundred um. Uh, resolution. I think the Wi-Fi six E chip is 
new. I don't think the I think the original Steam Deck had Wi-Fi six. I don't think it had a Wi-Fi six E. Uh, Bluetooth five point three. So there's two models for this. There's the five twelve gigabyte model, which will retail for five hundred and forty nine dollars, and the six forty nine one terabyte model. Uh, both of which I think are better price points than the original SKUs, uh, especially for the amount of storage you get. The uh, Steam Deck, the LCD Steam Deck, the 250 gigabyte model, uh, has had its price cut to 399 and will continue as the budget option, which uh, the 399 price is what the 64 gigabyte uh, Steam Deck launched at. Um, while surprise last, you can still get get the 64 and 512 gigabyte decks uh, also at a reduced price. If you're going to buy an LCD Steam Deck, my suggestion would probably be buy the 64 gigabyte while it's super cheap and just install an SSD yourself. It's really not that hard. There's a guy on iFixit. It'll take about 20 minutes. Uh, even if you've never done anything, uh, if you can use a screwdriver, you can install all an SSD. It's really not complicated. No. Um, Valve has promised to support the older LCD model and uh, bring some battery improvements to it. Uh, I wish, and it's not going to happen, but I would love if there were like a trade-in program where you could trade in your yeah. Steam Deck for an OLED model, even if you didn't get a lot of money off of it. It's yeah. just a hard, it's a hard thing for me to do. I would love an OLED Steam Deck. Like, that was one of the things I I kind of lamented about the Steam Deck is I wish there were an OLED model that I could have bought. Um, but I don't think it's worth $549 when you already have the LCD Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Um I, I mean, the, the updated battery capacity seems nice, but I don't... I, I play with my Steam Deck plugged in most of the time. How uh, Hey, Kurt, how easy is it to transfer uh, profiles on that Steam Deck? I'm going to find out. <laughs> okay. Because I got a new Steam Deck. Oh, um, for you? Um, I don't know, maybe. Because it might not, not cost you $500 for a trade-in. Maybe we can... All right, we could, we we could maybe happen. work something out. All right. All right. And you'll have a brand new untouched Steam Deck. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not untouched because I don't know when this is launching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that privately. Yes. <laughs> so, Wheeling and dealing. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. Cool. I, uh, um, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think I know what one, you're going to cover. Uh, you, you know what it means when I'm hyped up about video game news. It means one of the one of the five games that I the, care about is I in the news. Give you, I was going to give you eight, but eight. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll be generous. Um, this time it's is Risk of Rain two, baby, and one, and others. It is Gearbox. Like now that they own uh, Hoopoo Games, they have given it the royal rollout. Because this is a uh, this is a very popular franchise, so they actually give it some media attention. Um, a whole flurry of stuff actually came out. Um, some little things like behind the scenes stuff. There was a 16 minute documentary about the making of the original Risk of Rain. But more importantly, uh, three new games. Uh, one that you've already heard of, 
Risk of Rain Returns, uh, is getting released. Or has it is, been released. It is currently available for, and it's on sale as of yesterday. Yes. Uh, for like twelve forty seven. So if you're interested in that, you can jump on it. Um, um, I think it'd be very hard for me to go to the original Risk of Rain after playing Risk of Rain two for yeah. so much. Well, thankfully, you don't have to worry about that because Risk of Rain two is getting another DLC. They have just started development on it. Um, Seekers of the Storm. It has a trailer and some a little bit a little bit of gameplay footage. Um, I believe there's like probably two or three new areas. Um, a new I think it's either a new playable character or a new end boss. Maybe both. I think it, there's definitely a new end boss. Um, or maybe maybe a kind of revamped existing end boss because yeah. it kind of looks a little bit like aurelia knight it's it's space mormon jesus because there was so in the devlog they talk a little bit about the lore which was he, he really is mormon jesus because he was a he was is made mormon in the image jesus just jesus of, of providence by the lemurians afterwards and they prayed him so hard that it came to life but then the birds like gave him in like an infection so he's kind of fucked up a little bit um so that's why he's the he's the false son and if he, will he be he friend or foe? I don't know, but he's got a cool like Negan baseball bat and laser vision. So I hope he. Can. Yeah, I gotta say the the trailer is pretty pretty hype. Um, a little disappointed that it it was largely just like animated comic. Uh, really wasn't much in the way of gameplay. But I understand it's very early in development. You can wish list it on Steam. Uh, there's, I don't believe there's a release date set for it just yet. Um, yeah. but the last, the last, um, DLC for Risk of Rain 2 really bl- brought a lot of new life into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say that the, a couple of the, the, uh, Void Fiend Survivor, little overpowered and a lot of the Void items also kind of overpowered yeah. um not not in a bad way because eventually it all catches up to you it's yeah. risk of rain but it, um, it changes up the dynamic quite a bit um i'd be interested to see what this brings yes um i feel like there could possibly be a new game mode um because they really emphasize narrative in the trailer more so than i feel they did with survivors of the void or the base game, so possibly something resembling a story mode. That might be cool. I'd be interested. Um, but that is just that is completely baseless speculation on my part. Yeah, I've got no clue. Um, finally, because Gearbox wants to make money, uh, they released the mobile gotcha game Risk Rain on your mobile device. Um, it's a oh. top-down shooty. It's a top-down twin-stick kind of shooty guy. And I'm assuming you have to pay real world money hmm. to get new survivors. Probably. Um, so or hey, grind for in game. I would be I would be more angry if they didn't release the games that I wanted to play alongside <laughs> this. Um, but they did the thing that we kind of hoped they would do. That they made a very smart business move, which is don't make your only new release for a franchise a mobile game. Good on you, Gearbox. We'll Take see notes, where you Blizzard. go. <laughs> yeah, Gearbox usually starts off when they acquire a franchise uh, hot and then kind of runs it into the ground. But uh, we shall see how they handle this. 
Um, the big news today uh, has been GTA 6. Yes. Trailer yep. has been announced. The, <laughs> I don't know. The, the announcement? The con- the Rockstar acknowledged that, that, that GTA coming. 6 is a thing. Well, Rockstar announced that they will reveal GTA 6 officially in December. Yeah. In, in which in December. and of itself is a revelation of the game. And that broke the fucking internet right there. I mean, even yesterday, well, there was like an, an announcement of this announcement. And they were like, we got something big about a game you might like the next. It was kind of it was kind of funny because um, like the the donkey video about the, the long wait for GTA six just came out like yeah. last week. The timing of that video was was pretty prophetic, it would seem. And uh, but yeah, this has been something that's been teased for. Almost yeah. a fucking decade now. It's been, it will be a decade at least since uh, GTA 5 came out when when this game finally hit store shelves, which is um, like ridiculously insane. The That's far, that's like over twice as long as the gap between GTA 4 and GTA 5 was. And I believe that was the previous longest gap between installments. I think there was two decades between Baldur's Gate 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. Well, no, I'm talking about GTA oh, for specifically. GTA yeah. I wonder which... I wonder. It which, was actually uh, 22 years between Baldur's Gate 2 uh, and Baldur's Gate 3. I wonder which franchise has like the biggest gap between sequels. BG3's... Um, I feel like there's one more that might be like... Duke Nukem Forever... No, that was only 14 years. Um, huh. It might be Baldur's Gate 3, honestly. It might, it might be. I was thinking, um, what was that... What was like Bungie's... Uh, I want, it's not Anthem. I wanted to say Anthem at first. It's not Anthem. Um, uh, it, had, it has some weird name like that. Marathon. Marathon. Yeah. I think didn't they announce that they're coming out with something recently? Yeah, they they put a trailer out a while ago for Marathon. Yeah, it's gonna be like another like scavenger battle royale thing, kind of a bob. When I wonder when Marathon one came. It might be only like two thousand four, two thousand five. Well, when Marathon one came out, that was the nineties. Oh, was the nineties? Yeah, that was like for the that was for like the Apple Macintosh. I know. Yeah, that's like that's like where you got to go for these. Yeah, because that's what BG2 that, was for. That might be like a uh, well, Baldur's Gate two made it to other platforms. Oh, did it? Okay. I, I think there was an Xbox version, OG Xbox. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, so GTA six has been um, pillaging the internet and getting people hyped <laughs> in mega ways over just an announcement. So that's pretty funny just to see people. I on it. I kind of feel bad for Rockstar in a way. Because it's going to be very difficult for any game to live up to the amount of hype that this is going to have behind it. I just don't know what they can do differently. What I mean, they can expand on like stuff you can do in the world. I think the biggest thing they could do, and this seems wildly impractical from a logistics standpoint, would be having the ability to traverse between Los Santos, Vice City, and Liberty City. That'd be that'd be wild. That'd be wild. Um, I wonder if because um, you know, one of the things that really put GTA six back into the, the spotlight was 
um, GTA 6 RP um, where people would role play as their characters and they um, mm-hmm. they would make separate servers for them where it would take all the NPCs out of it or a lot of them out and it's just the blank world and you would like be a cop um, so you're not your like main character but you have like jobs in that universe very strange like like cops have jobs, robbers have jobs. Um, the, the the even like the people at like like stores are like real people, and like that's their shit. That's what they would do all day. Mm-hmm. Um, if they try to enhance that version and put that into like the game itself, maybe that would be something to try to appease that audience. I will I will say this to Rockstar: your game better be like thoroughly bug tested. I get that. Because if, is... if this releases in anything less than an extremely playable state, yeah, my God, that would have to be the big thing that would would uh, would topple it. I yeah. mean, because people don't play GTA for the story, right? Like, I I wouldn't think so. I never the story's do. Fine, right? It's just it's it's there. It yeah, it, it's it's there. Like sometimes the characters are pretty interesting, but overall, it's Crazy it's meat. basic gangster stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um nothing too transformative um, um yeah i don't i don't know much other games. well speaking of of games that we've been waiting on for a while uh bioware continues to slowly edge mass effect fans everywhere um as as for n7 day this year we got a picture and a little snippet of footage of of what you can't really tell. <laughs> See that's, you next year. <laughs> that's just so. It's just keep, so funny that like keep I the holding pad. I can see the office just scrambling to put something together. Like they're like nowhere near ready. If they had like maybe a couple other months, they would be like somewhere. <laughs> like and fuck, like, we forgot about N seven day. <laughs> we're still fucking waiting for anything on on the new Dragon Age. Um, I mean. It's not Bioware isn't Bioware anymore. No. Bioware feels like a 40-year-old divorcee that doesn't realize it peaked in high school. Um <laughs> I can I can still party with the kids. <laughs> and it's 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 very frustrating to be a fan of their franchises and like not getting a lot of information on these new installments and kind of being skeptical that they're going to be any good in general. But uh, yeah, we got we got something for N seven day at least. Oh yeah, um, there was uh, one other thing. Uh, OG Fortnite dropped, um, and they received a massive uptick in numbers um, playing their game again. And I wonder, there's been some uh, some theories floating around. Mainly just something I heard from Ninja, um, but he is uh, basically the authority on the game. Um, that this might encourage um, Epic to maybe kind of roll back some of their um, stuff that they put into the game, because right now it's a it's everything. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Fortnite is there is so much shit in Fortnite, and they've gone back to like the bare bones building and like very simple simple like stuff, and things are like rarer, harder to get, like it. It kind of goes back to that essence of like battle royales, where you're scrambling around to try to find something uh, good, 
and they say it's more fun. You know, the kids are saying they're having a good time with it. Uh, I wouldn't know because I don't play Fortnite. I never will. But uh, maybe this is a, a message to the developers out there. Hey, you know, sometimes less is more. Uh, as a slight follow-up to the Steam Deck OLED, you will be able to, I don't know, purchase or reserve um, starting November 16th at 10 a.m. Pacific. I don't know what availability is going to be like. Um, I know it took a long time before uh, LCD Steam Decks were readily available, so you could be in for a bit of a wait on that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the 16th is next week, so we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. And that is that's gaming news, I think. We've been gamed. Let's uh, let's talk now about Shorzy Shor- season two. Shorzy, hey. yes. Shorzy. Um, because. this might be quick because, well, honestly, there's not a whole lot of content here. <laughs> this really, it really does. Like, I know it was six full half an hour episodes. Um, yeah. well, when you, when you do the math, that's only three, three hours, hours of content. But I mean, the first season was also like what the same, it was the same length, right? It was eight I episodes. think so. Oh, it was eight. Oh, was okay. it? Okay. A little longer. I think. I think. Um, but this really does feel like a season 1.5. Yeah. Just in terms of what happens in the, I did not re. I I guess it. I had been a while since I watched the original season, um. So I didn't realize like they were gonna just do an ongoing story. Like they had longer to go in their, um, their arc. Yeah, it it didn't seem like it. It was gonna go that way. It seemed like you know the premise was you know they go until they lose and they lost. So like you could have. You could have ended it right there, um, which would have been kind of metal, but um, they announced very early on that a season two was happening. Yeah. And as far as it it goes, it's uh, I don't I don't know how I feel about the way the story progressed. Like, I mean, it's you don't watch this show for for the amazing depth or the intricate story. Um, you watch it for the goofy gags and you know, the, the word scantily play. clad women, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the and on, on that, it delivers like it delivers in the way that you would want. It delivers what you would expect it to and what you would like it to. Although mm-hmm. the story feels very similar. Um, it feels like it is kind of different. It feels it's like a funhouse mirror version of the first season, but also kind of the same because in the first season they they're really bad they're in the 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 the, the dregs of the league and um you know they they commit to turning it around uh so the team doesn't fold uh and they do lose but she decide Nat the owner of the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs mm-hmm. uh decides to keep the team going um, and Shorzy vows that they'll never lose again, and they win. The, they montage through them winning the championship, which was an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry, like I, Jerry Kiso, he's very interesting about how he uh, deals with the the sports show problem of mm-hmm. the drama of winning and losing, 
Um, he's very optimistic about these things. He's just like, just give, just give him a win. Just let mm-hmm. him, let him win. Like even, yeah. Yeah, at least for the endings. Like you I, know, I kept, I kept waiting for them to like take an L and like have that. We were like riding a high, and I was waiting for like the dip, so they could like come back, and I could feel good about it. And that, that never happened. I was like, yeah, this oh. was. Like this is very light entertainment. There's very little like emotional low points. Um, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a good time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think of... it'll be it'll be more interesting in the third season. So like to to spoil the story, I guess um, they they win the championship and they continue to win. And they're, the the, their... the plot of the season is their quest for an undefeated, perfect undefeated season. In there, um, this is the this is a span of what four games, five games, something like it's that. At least, yeah, yeah. Well, no, this isn't the playoffs. This the, this takes place at the end of the regular season. Oh, okay. So they they have like four games to finish out the regular season, and then they kind of I don't know if playoffs is next season. I think at the end they kind of fast forward through the playoffs and they win the they might win the ship again. Again, but the the hook for the next season is that they uh, they're going to host the national senior hockey tournament. So I think there's potential for them to kind of go up against it. Although Shorzy still does the "we'll never lose again" bit at the end. Mm-hmm. So who knows if they're actually going to have them? You know, take some some L's and maybe be like on the bubble as advancing to the next round. Um, I think that might be a it might be a good dramatic place to go. I that's what I would suggest. Um, but you know, given how this season went, I'm not sure that that's exactly the intent of the show. Yeah. Um, I think it's just to do a hockey goonin, which is great. That's that's why I prefer Shorzy to later seasons of Letterkenny, because the best parts of Letterkenny were the hockey goonin, and that's all the show is. Yep, it's just the best parts. It's just. You know, the the banter is good when it's not doing the uh, the, uh, the Jared Kiso minimalism, where <laughs> like these shows. I, I mean, it's we're kind of we're being a broken record by this point, but these shows have some of the lowest uh, lines of unique dialogue per minute of any like TV show yeah. I've ever seen. It's uh, it's very apparent. Um it's it's origins or yeah. or like maybe jared's limitations as a writer it has all the hallmarks of his writing the repetition of jokes and the riffing and the weird way that groups of people speak where like they all take turns to contribute to the the overall idea trying to be communicated which is not how real people talk um they let everyone have their their one little bit in um, and usually for the for the side characters, that means they get their they get to do their little their catchphrase. Yeah, they they get to say the line, Bart. Which is which is fun because I I do of of catchphrases. I think they they do a pretty good job with them. Like like goody. It, I love I love yeah. I love like the goody compilation. Which is, you know yeah. You ever had a you ever had chicken sandwich? <laughs> yeah, and sticks are unbelievable. Yeah, like I mean the the characters like their gimmick is. It works, and like I guess they don't all have a catchphrase necessarily, but they have their character quirk, and they're they're not super deep, but it it works for the overall uh, positioning of the show because the only character that needs 
to have depth is Shorzy, and he surprisingly yes. has quite a bit of character depth to him mm-hmm. in this show. Um, and uh, you know, I think he actually went through a pretty uh, compelling personal arc in this season. Yeah, um, he has one of like the better TV romances that I've seen between him and Laura. It really is sweet, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like it's <laughs> it it's it's sweet without being like saccharine. It's like weird, like yeah. old fashioned, but like it's still a little snarky. Yeah, it's 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 uh, like the modern how, gentleman, I'd call it. Yeah, I love how just like over, just absolutely over the top he is. It's like genuine charm. So like that's so that's like a weird standout. Like this is a this is definitely a parallel universe to like Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> like if it wasn't like if it wasn't for the swearing. And the the skimpy outfit ladies, <coughs> I would recommend this to family. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> but as it is, it, it is definitely not. It for almost family. gets there, but that's a. I don't remember. Was that kind of how it was for the first season? Yeah. Was oh, it was like, definitely TVMA. <laughs> no, I mean, but was like I feel like the vibes of it was kind of more like in your face. Like the first two episodes were just like nothing but tits and ass. I think it's it was because it was kind of like a, I mean, what constitutes a plot point in this it series? It was, yeah. They were all having sex a lot. Yeah. Um, well, that's the premise. Like, our team is so good that everyone's getting distracted by ass. And, you know, they, they hammered home. They recycled a lot. And only once, though, that there's an yeah. impossible amount of good-looking women in Sudbury. Yeah. Uh, which I was very proud of, Jared, for only using that once. <laughs> he makes up for it, though, with... With his talk about the goalie, how weird he is. The goalie, the goalie is weird. and well, actually, that wasn't driven into the ground. I think the the one that really irked me because it wasn't great the first time around, and they had like too many characters do it was when they were trying to come up with a good name for the gay night. Oh yeah, and it was like I would have the man advantage. I would have gone with X, Y, or Z, but alas, and like. One character does that three times, and then three other characters do that. <laughs> and that's in the span of about one episode. It is all in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, yeah, so you get, like, the duality of Jared Kiesel, because you have that, and then you have, like, Shorzy's weird little rant about, like, how the council ladies are all, he's, like, way into the council ladies. <laughs> we're putting that out on we're gonna put it out on all the table like I, I'm, I like all of them. who said we were putting anything out on the table <laughs> like yeah. it, you know whatever they want to do just stomp on me and make, choke me out a little bit you know just whatever they want yeah it's, 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 so it's, it's like genuinely those... like fu- like yeah there's there's a lot more like genuinely funny stuff and and Shorzy, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like the the later seasons of Letter Kenny, at least, um, and I think it's just because even more so than Wayne, Jared Kisa really embodies the Shorzy character, and Shorzy's much more of a character. Yeah, um, Wayne, like it it helps that Shorzy's his personality is boisterous and energetic and conducive to drama or like things happening whereas Wayne is works better as a lead in a comedy series for sure rather than the (sighs) subdued like stern 
um, sterner character of Wayne, whose point is that he doesn't get phased by much. It's like, yeah. well, looking back on it, it's like that is a hard character to build comedy around. And they do an okay job of it, but it just it's not he's not a super interesting guy at the end of the day. Whereas Shorzy, uh even even without all the layers that they've added to him, like his, you know, weird inclusive adopted family. I yeah and that was, his emotional that's a, side. That's out of left field, but I do kind of like it. It's like weird. Well it was it was in the last season too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is kind of, it, it gives him more depth. He's not especially deep character, but there's, you you see multiple sides of him. I just, I just, uh, for whatever reason, the scenes with Laura always make my heart happy. Just the, the compliments that he floods her with, the love bombing that he does (laughs) is so funny. And then she just like cuts him off with like, I don't fuck sluts. Yeah. (laughs) There's that. There's but then a whole, she did. I, I love the uh, the um, the trivia subplot. That was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. Also, Tropic of Answer is definitely a trivia team name name that I'm stealing in yeah, the future. I thought that was really really funny. I was like, that's actually really good. <laughs> good job, boys. You know, you know, they actually play a lot of trivia. Yeah. An- another good one is uh, trivia Newton John. Yep. <laughs> oh, trivia Newton John. Yeah, I like. I like that too because it satisfies. I know they're on Hulu, so I don't think they're they're regulated by this. But this satisfies like the CanCon requirement because all like so much of it was Canadian trivia. Yeah. And yeah. It was. I didn't know the answers to a lot of the stuff yeah. because I'm not Canadian. I kind of want to <laughs> see Bon Cop Bad Cop now. <laughs> is that a real movie <laughs> i i feel like it's gotta be the rest of that trivia seemed real enough bon cop bad cop okay here we go uh film series there's two of them oh my god all right uh, okay i we have some we might have some watching to do <laughs> that is very much a uh interesting screen pairing um i would be more interested in if I wasn't so certain that it was going to be a French language film. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's oh, gotta I'm be sorry. Dual no, no, actually, <laughs> because the dialogue is in half English, half French, both versions share the same soundtrack. <laughs> the only difference is in the subtitles, which, which set of subtitles you get. And the French version, English dialogue was subtitled. And in the English version, the French dialogue is subtitled. But it's the same movie in both versions. And this is apparently like the best selling, like the highest grossing Canadian movie of all time. I I guess so. Although I'm not sure what metric they're using there. Like domestic in Canada, maybe? Probably. Um, let's see if I can find anything about the box office box office um but the i love i just love the even the the poster art because it's so 2006 it is the most neon green mountain dew piss filter poster i've ever seen (laughs) so it made 12.12.6 uh u.s dollars which i guess 
or what twelve point six million. Twelve point six million. Um which I guess at the time the Canadian dollar was stronger because that was only twelve point five seven. Well, yeah, two thousand six. Our dollar was on fire. That's right. Um, <laughs> twelve point five seven million Canadian. Uh, Wikipedia calls it one of the highest grossing Canadian films all time domestically. So it's definitely domestic. Um, I don't know if where it ranks. Um, so that's interesting. So Box Office Mojo lists its domestic gross, uh, and domestic being Canada in this this instance, because the international gross is only $69,000. Nice. Um, let's see, domestic, where does it rank? Domestic all-time rankings. Um, these are not all Canadian movies. <laughs> I'm, so it's it's among the best. Yeah, it's the top one, and, and I think it garners some of our attention now. Jake, as far as like like uh, deep cut Canadian cinema goes, I think it's probably a little bit better than uh, one it's of the other things. Sam Raimi films. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there a lot of objects, cameras on objects? Uh, it. The dialogue the, does give me Sam Raimi vibes. What is, what is it with the the? Is it the Dutch angle? Is that the or is that the? Down yeah, this Dutch angle when it's angled. Like, well, real Dutch hard. angle is when the frame is tilted. Yeah, usually between thirty and forty five degrees. There yeah. is some Raimi cam here. Like the dash cam is is very Raimi cam esque. Um, <laughs> this is all right. All right, I'm laughing. I'm seeing. Like rated at, like I guess for US rated M comedy, or maybe not rated M, but you know, at least PG thirteen. It's a very trailery trailer. I'll give it that. It's got you know one of the the main voiceover guys doing it. Yeah, not um, not one single realistic uh, color grade in here. <laughs> well, it's it's a very of the era color grade. Oh yeah. Um, everyone was, like, was doing most, that. This is so two thousand and six. That quasi bleach bypass with one highlight color. I kind of want to get into Canadian cinema now. <laughs> well, we already right. watched Blackberry, so That's I feel true. like we're covered. We're we're in it, baby. Um, thank you. I guess thank you, Shorzy, for for getting us into it. Um, but I guess back to back to that. I, I don't know. It's um, the montages are always good. Love me like. They really, they really do the most to make hockey seem as as gangster as they can. They got the hot hockey ladies. is pretty gangster. <laughs> yep, they got they put the fights in. They make sure you know they got the montages. They put Joji in the soundtrack. He they does, do a weird oh, thing with a lot the of the fight the scenes. Episode. Um, like they they have like what I would describe as like an arena security cam angle that yes for that, that they one. use for all the fight scenes. no not just the one they used it for for like two or three of oh. the fight scenes they they used it for for the big like whole team brawl and they also used it again um for i think the first fight with the big guy on the sioux michigan team and one of the gyms and uh the cross check which like yeah. is a 
two minute minor. I don't know why he was threatened with a suspension for that. <laughs> yeah, very. That was a very political move there. Um. Yeah, that was that was interesting that they pull back for those. Um, I don't know what. It seems like there was some behind the scenes sort of, um, reasoning. So for I, that. I I landed on a post in our Canada, um talking about so this was back in 2016 when the sequel to bon cop bad cop was announced okay um and there's a little bit of information here so canada's most successful movie according to this guy uh earned 12.6 million dollars at the box office all but 1.3 million of it was grossed in quebec so 90 percent of its box office was uh, right. in Quebec, I so mean, it proves Jared Kiso's point that Qu- Quebec people stand by their own. Stand by their yeah. own. JJ <laughs> Frankie JJ. JJ Frankie JJ. Jean Jacques Frankie Jacques Jean. Yes. <laughs> Love that scene where they're all just on the talk show and they. It's supposed to be about like how he's cheating on them with each other, but they all just turn to like his his trash in his diet. He's really not that big, though. No, <laughs> no, it's for not. like how much they make fun of how fat did, he is. So, did they actually like? I feel like there were no repercussions of that, really. Like, he, of what? No, he's, they, they, he's they got made sad, like one episode, or they kept uh, it from what? him for the oh, most part. Yeah, he he hid out in his room for not even the entirety of the episode, and showed up with his old girlfriend for yeah. reasons. <laughs> That kind of happened like last season too. Like that, I guess that's like they're trying to build. Like that's how he deal. That's what happens to him. Just sometimes is like he gets into weird emotion, like relationship triangles, and he's just like out of town for a couple days, and it's (laughs) it's an issue. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, not too many new characters, which is fine. I heard. I mean, yeah, just. They they introduced a new team to the no show to try to get a U.S. Canada thing yeah, going. Little, little U.S. jokes, which I did find pretty funny. I thought they were gonna do more, but they they did a tasteful amount of U.S. jokes. They well, they know like, where their bread is buttered. I know. <laughs> yep. They can't piss us off too much. I so do. That was pretty solid. I do really like. I like the last episode where they. They bring the. They're just all trying to get all in the heads of the Canadians. They bring the little yeah. kid out to do the fucking recorder. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. That was a good. Then, that was a good one. And then Hardy cuts to the exact stereotypical, like soulful uh, U.S. anthem renditions. Honestly, like the the last episode of the season of Shorzy, like covers more ground than I think anything Jared Kiso has ever written before. Yeah. Like just in terms of the events that happen all in that one episode, it's pretty action packed, and it is it it's really good. Like a lot of the comedy hits. Like when fucking he walks through the door for the calendar shoot <laughs> with that awful spray tan, I fucking lost it, man. <laughs> and then the dialogue there is pretty good. He's like, "Well, if I was a girl looking at a calendar full of, full of hot, sexy, ga- spray hot tan studs, video. I would hope that they were greased down. <laughs> their tarps off. <laughs> Why they got their tarps on? 
<laughs> Why wouldn't Why they, would they have, have their have terms? Their terms <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I want... I think Jared Kiso could put together... If he takes this, like this, like a season's worth of his writing, and has a good editor to condense it down into an hour and a half movie, like ninety minutes of of this, I think. Uh, yeah, he, honestly, I think that that would work almost better if if they just like release these as a series of films. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly think he has, like, you cut out the the chaff, you cut out the repeats, and. You have, a, basically, you have about that runtime right there. Yeah. Yeah, this could easily be re-edited. Like, it's only three hours of content, and you could easily cut, you know, half an hour or an hour out of it and have you know, a reasonably length movie. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I what does that say about this? I, I don't know. It says... <laughs> I don't know. If you enjoyed the first season of Shorzy, you will enjoy this. If you've never um, seen Shorzy and just ended up watching this, I think you'd be fine. Like the yeah. the previous context of the last season isn't it's summed hugely. up pretty well too. Yeah, in in the first episode. So like, definitely, you don't have to watch the first season. There's good stuff in the first season, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um. I think overall, as like an entertainment experience, I would say that this season is is an improvement upon the first one. Um, largely because I feel the it doesn't last any longer than it has to. Hmm. Yeah. It, it gets in, it does what it tries to do, and it gets out, and it doesn't really waste your time. Like in the in the middle part of the first season, I felt it dragged just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. If um, I, I did not feel that way, this like I accidentally ended up watching pretty much the whole season. In one same sitting. thing here. I was like, I'm only going to watch three episodes, and then it just blew by. I was like, perfect. Um, all respect to mom and pa. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this, um, but if I had to sit through this or Ted Lasso, I would sit through this. Uh yeah, the uh, Ted Lasso that might be one we review in future. Uh, mm-hmm. but that would require me watching the rest of the second season when I stopped, and I don't know how much I want to do that. The first season of Ted Lasso was genuinely good. Yeah. After that, it gets a lot more. I dicey. thought the rest of it was fine. I think yeah, season one was definitely better than the rest. But season two doesn't work in my opinion because I the whole so- the whole crux of the show is that he's an outsider who wins over embittered people with his relentless optimism. But mm-hmm. season two starts, he's already won those people over. And so they have to like shoehorn in this completely different character arc for him. And it it, it, gets, it wasn't as, it just didn't work for me. It gets, it gets pretty interesting. Um, his, oh yeah, I wonder where you stopped. Season two was pretty hefty. I stopped like at the whatever the Christmas episode was because did you that get to was where just... the therapist was there? Yeah, she gets introduced real early in the season. Okay, okay. And I I feel like they really manufactured drama and tension between her and Ted for. Yeah, yeah, but that that gets not really out. good reasons. That gets like kind of ironed out, but um, no, I thought I thought they like built up his character pretty well, and then it like kind of you see you start like realizing how he's interacting with other people and 
Seeing how maybe he's not doing it the healthiest of ways, too, even though he's coming off as, like, really nice. They're, like, kind of starting to see the cracks in his, like, perfect demeanor. So, but yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot to it. There's three seasons of it. Yeah. I think, uh, well, yeah, I hope uh, Shrinking goes a little bit better. Yeah. The second yeah, season. Kristen was watching Shrinking, and uh, she said it was pretty good. I I liked it a lot, honestly. Yeah. It's the same. Bill Lawrence makes it. He's the same guy who did Ted Lasso and Scrubs before that. Yeah. Okay. Um, he did a couple good other story. shows on TBS that no one remembers. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> um. So final verdict. Yeah. Go watch the season. There's yeah. there's gonna be more seasons. I think at least two. Yeah. I mean, they've already I think confirmed season three. And it would seem likely that uh, if it's successful, a fourth season, you could you could milk this for a bit. Um, yeah, all about the NHL. If you can milk Letterkenny for ten seasons, you can get you can get a few out of this one. Yeah, oh, sure. this. I mean, it's so much. I feel like it's so much easier to generate a season of this than a season of Letterkenny, because mm-hmm. like you have a built-in story. You have a through line arc yeah well that's gonna do it for this episode of the Saturn studs podcast we'll be back next week with something else <laughs> yep <laughs> we'll figure it out at some point probably next wednesday movies are coming back we will get to watch theatrical releases movies Whoa. are back baby i can't believe they <laughs> they let movies happen again <laughs> yeah um it's what if you like strange movies, times we're living in Get ready to blow your mind. What about movies too? Oh wow, let's let's slow a roll here. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, but until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five. Peace. Bye bye.